but they want to know if there's powder before they get in their car and make the drive. And that drives me nuts. Not going to be all snow. A wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. Alex Kaufman, Wintry Mix, episode 91. We find ourselves at volume four of writing the voicemail until the end of the plague. It might be the last one for a bit, as I've got something fresh cooking for April's episode 92. However, voicemails are always welcome. 802-560-5003. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Wintry Mixcast for America's slowest and closest to Denver powder skiing, along with questionable parenting. Twitter at Wintry Mixcast is where I pontificate and occasionally contribute useful, owned-by-no-one perspectives on our industry. My email is alex at wintrymixcast.com. If you want to say hello, five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts are the best. 267 or so of you have done your jobs. The rest of you, you'll just be one day older when you do. The archive has been growing since 2015, and if you are new here, you really ought to scroll that puppy. Wintry Mix is skiing's variety show, and all I do is make sure it's different than everything else. Dig in. And the beauty of the voicemail format has been sponsor messages burrowed in throughout. So we'll hear from Ten Barrel and Bojo's later. Off we go. Dropping. Everybody's about to go to Maine, but some of you are also about to shit your pants. Hey guys, OG intern Drew, checking in from Rangeley, Maine. Uh, hoping AK hasn't been chipping his teeth on his friend's sausage since the last time I was on. What I've been digging this year, being a part of the reopening that is the hidden gem that is Saddleback between the Kennebago Steeps, that new quad, and the sunsets over Rangeley Lake on my ride home. Couldn't ask for a better paradise for anybody who skis the east. What I'm not digging this year, is realizing I probably should have washed my face mask each time I go into the grocery store. Um, grateful that the lifts are spinning this year. You know, didn't get so lucky last year. Heading into the best part of the season. Everybody stay safe and sane out there. A long time ago, Drew was our opening intern here on Wintry Mix back in the VPR days. Some of you remember him. The rest of you can go back to our first dozen when I was bad at it, and he helped me be bad at it. Now let's go to Connecticut, and congrats for reopening of Saddleback. What's going on, Alex? This is Paul from Connecticut, New England. I'm uh, currently on my way to my stupid job. Um, Something I don't dig. Uh, the transmission in my 2012 Ford Focus, it's been on the fritz since I bought it. Can't return it. Uh, it's going to cost me about four grand to fix it. Not too thrilled about that. My fiance and I are in, in the search for uh, a new ski mobile. She doesn't know it's going to be a ski mobile, but uh, it's going to be. So if you have any recommendations, let me know. Something I dig, uh, my caps are on fire right now. I had a 
wicked night of uh, of night skiing, and it was just absolutely awesome. So that is something I dig. Uh, thanks for answering all my stupid questions on uh, Instagram and Twitter. You honestly are the best. You're part of the reason I got into skiing. So thanks, man. Have a good day. Bye. I guess first tip is go back and make sure you catch the Car Talk episode, maybe three or four episodes ago with Paul. We talk a lot about the best ski mobiles, and you probably know that I went for the Toyota Sienna. It's basically an outback, um, but bigger, all-wheel drive, and gets the same mileage. Um, That's my car advice, but I got the two kids and all the other junk going on that other people maybe don't have. Oh, but wait, Paul's got one more thing to say. Hey, Alex, it's Paul again. I realized I said my job was stupid. It's not actually stupid. I'd just rather be skiing. All right, that's it. See you. Bye. This month, we've got three calls from Colorado, so let's bang one out. Hey, dude. This is Dan calling from Colorado Springs. I want to get away from skiing and cozy for just a minute and talk about how rad whitewater is. Whitewater kayaking, whitewater rafting, definitely the best summer sport. And I want to take a minute to also bitch about the American permit system and how the drawings for the western rivers of America, stuff like the Main Salmon, the Grand Canyon, uh, Gates of the Door here in Colorado, it is damn near impossible to get permits these days. Main Salmon had something like 20,000 people apply this year. There's just a few hundred permits. My entire crew struck out. We don't know how we're going to get the backcountry or whitewater this year. Um, it's just a, uh, a broken system. I get needing to keep our true wilderness areas wild, and I respect that. But I don't know how to get on, how to get your own permit. I really know people that have been applying for permits for 35 years and never won one, which is nuts. Anyway, dig in whitewater. Not digging the permit system. Let's hope we get some more snow. Pray for snow. Your summer depends on it. Yeah, man. Top five voicemail call right there. We all just learned some new shit. Thank you, sir. What's up, Wintery Mix Podcast? Y'all are awesome. Just uh, live from the driver's seat on my way home from day four straight of patrolling at a ski area in Virginia. Something I dig, definitely the fact that I've been able to go backcountry splitboarding every week in February, at least one day, and uh, got on my favorite zone every Thursday for the month of February. Pretty stoked about that. Something I don't dig is... uh, Sometimes when uh, the conditions change really fast and it's busy at work and we have to deal with a lot of people not able to adapt really quick when things go from hero snow to zero snow. That's my take on things. Hope y'all stay safe and enjoy the rest of your winter. Also, shout out to all those snowboard patrollers, especially the ones that do it from ski boots. I'm talking about my friend Token up at Smug. He's uh, one of the only other guys that does that. 
we've reached the hard seltzer segment of episode 91. Drink some clean lime faster, faster. Drink a clean lime. Go on and drink a clean lime. Quarantine got you down. Quench your thirst. You know how. Drink a clean lime. Go on and drink a clean lime. Zoom calls, they take their toll. Check out our cans, they're nice and cold. Drink a clean lime. Go on and drink a clean lime. Don't you wanna? Uh huh. Look out for our new clean lime variety pack with three. Hitting shelves this week. Clean Line is the hard seltzer brand of Ten Barrel Brewing Company, pod supporter since uh, episode 73 or something like that. Thanks, guys. Let's hop to Thomas and Jane. Thomas and I go back to the American Skiing Company days. Sounds like he was uh, out west. Hey, AK. It's Thomas and Jane calling from the 603 area code, New Hampshire, Pedantshire, but we are calling you from the Wildcat Chair in Alta, Utah, enjoying finishing up, wrapping up five days of incredible skiing and riding at Snowbird in Alta, Utah, and just wanted to give you a call. Say hello, Jane. Hi, Alex. Hi, everyone. Long-time listener, first-time caller to the Winter Remix cast. I've probably been listening to you, Alex, for way too long, well prior to the podcast, but... Uh, a few things we dig. Jane and I are digging. Thank you and thanking you for turning us on to Marquette Skis. We've really enjoyed skiing the foothills where we live in New Hampshire and getting the dogs out. Uh, things we don't dig. Trying to explain what Marquette Skis are to other people. It's uh, very difficult to explain what they are, but I uh, want to thank you again for turning us on to that. Another thing we're digging is uh, the traveling out here. Certainly some people might throw some shade on our traveling out here from New Hampshire, but Everything's kind of going the right direction, I feel, uh, with this environment and uh, feeling very fortunate to get out here in a very safe manner. Jane in the healthcare field is fully vaccinated, and I'm starting to hear more and more people getting vaccinated, and things are looking good. But, uh, yeah, we're feeling good. And, Jane, what are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Happy to be out here uh, catching up with some good friends from back in the day. I was out here in 2000. And uh, happy to be making turns with Thomas. The sun's shining. We got the most out of one inch of snow the other day. Not many people can say that. And I uh, love eating chili at altitude. Yeah, things we dig is that the locals around here don't take advantage of uh, one angry inch of new snow. It was a really gorgeous day yesterday. Anyways, uh, just wanted to call in finally and uh, hope everyone is doing well. And uh, thank you very much. And, uh, be safe. Be healthy. And uh, ski well, be well, stay kind, everyone. Aloha. All right. Since that call was from Alta Snowbird, let's kind of stay on topic here. AK, what's up, buddy? It's Wheeler. We're going to 60 degrees tomorrow here in Vermont. It's a sad, sad evening. Anyway, so I had a little bone to pick with you about your last podcast. You know, we highlighted the girl who was at the Interlodge. She was totally interlodged for a hundred hours, but you you didn't bring up the time you and I got interlodged with Digi Dave and Chris Siegel, and we were just laughing the resort, just us country clubbing it. So, um, 
I don't know. I was looking for a little bit more from that great time, you know, the interlodge times. So dig deep, see what you got in the archives. Um, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that episode because that was a good time. So I'm down to get interlodged again anytime you are. Um, sign me up and we'll, we'll make it happen. Adam is talking about episode 42 where we got interlodged at West Alta. The Canyon Road is currently closed due to avalanche control work. The current estimated time of reopening is approximately 1 p.m. We'll update you as soon as we have any new information. Interlodged travel restrictions are now in effect for the entire Snowbird Village once again. Hey, man. A pretty new listener here to the podcast, so I thought I'd give this uh, message to a try. Uh, As a recovering telemark skier and with uh, World Telemark Day coming up, or I guess if and when this podcast hits, maybe recently in the past, uh, I have to get something off my chest. Can we just stop with the whole skiing with a lurk thing? I mean, I would love to return to telling, but I just can't when I see these folks Meadow skipping down a hill with a lurk pretending to be in some cosplay sound of music tomfoolery drives me insane. Anyways, now that I got that off my chest, I feel a lot better. I'm probably going to have to remain anonymous and not tell you my name or location since these, uh, this is a pretty controversial topic, I guess, and these knuckleheads might try to hit me with one while I'm walking through the parking lot. Anyways, cheers, brother. All right, so I guess a lurk is when a telemark skier is using kind of one long bamboo pole and flipping it back and forth as their pole instead of using two poles. Um, I've actually done this in the past, and it was kind of fun. However, it is definitely a risk of impaling yourself onto the pole. So I stopped. Hi, I'm Allie Bear. So we opened uh, April 1st, 1973. Well, in other words, Dad bought it and opened it then. Um, he bought it from a couple named Bo and Joanne, hence our name, Bojos. He had a little car. I can't remember what kind of car it was, but it was just a two-seater. And he'd drive all the way down to Denver, fill it up with 50-pound bags of flour, you know, as full as he could get it, and drive all the way back up and unload it. And that was, that was his food service. I mean, he did it all in... You know, if you're not working 80 hours a week, you're not working. <laughs> Thank you, Allie. Visit Bojo's locations in Idaho Springs, Arvada, Evergreen, Longmont, Fort Collins, and Steamboat. Hey, Alex. This is Mike. I actually live pretty close to you. I'm over in Lakewood. And been living, listening to the podcast for, I don't know, probably a year or two. So I thought I'd finally contribute. Uh, something I like. February was awesome. The snow out here was so good. I think I skied powder almost every time I went out in the backcountry. It seemed like every weekend there was leftovers or a new storm. So good. Something I don't like is people on the Internet expecting you to share exactly where you're seeing all of the time just because you posted a pretty photo. And then when you don't, they call you a gatekeeper. And I don't think you owe anybody anything when you post a photo to uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you know, that's not gatekeeping. You can go buy a ski guidebook or, like, go to a shop and talk to the techs and say, hey, where should I go? You can use Powder Project or all kinds of websites. And you can use Strava to find places to ski. So me not sharing 
where one particular photo is is not preventing you from skiing just because you can't do the exact same thing that I was doing. That's not gatekeeping. Sorry. Anyway, hope you're having a good time skiing the foothills. I think we're going to get a little bit of snow. So thanks for doing the podcast through COVID times. Bye. Yeah, I will second all of that. Um, folks that bug me for learning how to ski in the foothills, um, I broadcast exactly how to do it um, via Instagram, via Twitter, and on my Strava. Um, just use the information that's available to you. Don't just try to get spoon-fed. Come on. Hey, Alex, it's Tim. Hope to uh, collect on one of those beers in the wild someday that I contribute to this uh, love-hate format while it still exists. My uh, hate is actually more of a moral dilemma, but perhaps you can simplify it for me or at least add some new context to it. Uh, like most who listen to this podcast, for me, uh, sledding on snow rinks are there is uh, one of life's greatest joys. And the catch is, oh, in, in my case, my adult responsibilities are uh, firmly planted in the flatlands near Kansas City. They're expected to remain that way well into the uh, foreseeable future. So my moral dilemma is this. I would really like to own a place in or near the ski town in which I already think of as my second home away from home. But I also don't want to be part of the situation running up real estate prices so high the good people who actually work at a mountain resort can't afford to live anywhere near them. But then again, on the other hand, if I'm already using short-term rental apps to rent someone else's place, then aren't I already contributing to this cycle anyway? Also, I have school-aged children, so in all honesty, living so far away, I'd only be able to use it for small portions in the winter season. The rest of the time, I too would be opening up to short-term rentals. I kind of feel like those who contribute the most to the run-up on the housing cost are those who buy a place in town and let it sit empty for some 50-plus weeks out of the year. So if I buy a condo on the mountain and then rent it out, am I helping to keep my fellow tourists on the resort and therefore helping to free up the longer-term housing in the neighboring towns? I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking this whole situation, but it's bugged me for years. A ton of respect for those who are able to make mountain life work, and at the end of the day, I don't want to be a dick anyway. So, AK, please, break this down for me. What's the solution to my dilemma? Before I go, I'll also share a, a non-skiing love. Recently, my kids and I, we got into flying model airplanes. My oldest son and I, we kind of need skiing for the betterment of our mental health. So making and sticking with a decision to sit out this season has been tough. And while not a true substitute, flying RC airplanes has some of that same immersive experience you get while skiing. It has proven to be a safe, socially distant outdoor activity that has gotten through this pandemic. So that's my contribution to the new format. Keep up the good work, Alex. Yeah, I think you're good. I would say don't hate the player, hate the game. Short-term rentals are here to stay. And resorts need to buy housing and put their staff in it and or local governments, local towns need to raise money for that sort of thing. You participating in the system as it exists now does not make you uh, the driver of the problem.
I mean, I might buy a condo and rent it out. Hi, Alex. This is Carlton from Eastern Massachusetts. I'm currently here at Berkshire East in the western part of the state skiing today. I'm currently sitting in the base lodge, also known as my car. Um, and this season, um, you know, I guess one of the good things about COVID is that um, I've been exploring the Berkshires. Uh, being an eastern mass resident, um, traditionally have just headed north. Um, the, fur the furthest west in the state that I have skied has been Wachusett. Um, but now I'm exploring the Berkshires and have hit a number of resorts here in the Berkshires. Um, so it's been an interesting season in that way. Um, one thing I don't like is skiing in the Berkshires all the time. These mountains are short and I'm dying for something more than 1,100 feet and vertical. Some skiing is better than no skiing and I am having fun out here. It's a great day uh, today. Conditions are excellent. The other thing, I wanted to give a shout out to Blue Hill Ski Area in eastern Massachusetts. Uh, this year is my 50th anniversary ski season, and that's where I learned to ski all those many years ago. Even though it's only 300 feet of vertical there, um, you know, all during my youth, I spent many days after school there and nights and weekends. Um, so. Uh, I did make a return trip there uh, a few weeks ago, uh, just for nostalgia reasons. Also, Gunstock figured heavily in that first season as well. Um, I had kind of big plans for this 50th season with a trip out west and so forth, but obviously that never or is not going to happen, so making the best of it. The reason Carlton sounded better than the voicemails is because he emailed his voice note to alex at wintrymixcast.com. Always an option. Hey, Alex. This is Jordan up in the Northwest. Something I dig is the Pacific Ocean, man. Oh, yeah. The spring weather uh, has got me thinking about that. This is, for a long time, the time of year where the psychological switch would happen from ski area mode into ocean-going mode. And a lot of seasons I worked up in Alaska and in Washington on the Puget Sound getting me by waiting for the snow to fall. And it really did me some good. Uh, I'm not the only, you know, ski area staff member who had done that. There's lots of ski area staff members who go up and work on the water in the summertime. Maybe they're guiding, maybe they're fishing, maybe they're sciencing. It's a beautiful thing, man, that Pacific swell. It just is constant little roll, good vibrations, the tidal zones, the intertidal zone on the North Pacific. The further north you go, just the, the bigger those tidal fluctuations get. You stick your head under the water there and you're, you're in outer space, basically, man. I've been surrounded by humpback whales, so thick that we call it whale soup. I've had orcas and dolls porpoise swimming alongside the boat, riding the bow wake, just a good, good time. Good memories waiting for that snow. What I don't dig is amid all this talk of climate change and ski areas and even the good work that POW is doing, we don't talk about ocean health as it relates to snowpack near as much as I think that we should. We talk about El Nino or La Nina and then we sell season passes, and then we stop talking about ocean health. 
weather moves from west to east, you know, which basically means that, especially in the northwest, but for land lovers too, the Pacific Ocean is the OG of snowmaking equipment, and we broke it. We asked it to do a little too much OT, sucking up our carbon. I think just as much energy as we put into protecting our winters, if we did that same type of deal in protecting our plankton, we'd get the same effect, and it wouldn't be as self-serving. Yeah, springtime, man. The salt is calling. Thanks for doing it. We'll talk to you later. From one Jordan whom I had the pleasure of working with back in my sling and lift tickets days to a Jordan that I didn't have the pleasure of working with yet. What's up, Wintry Mix Podcast? It's Jordan from Burlington, Vermont. I'm calling because while I dig the uptick in backcountry users in the Northeast, uh, I don't dig two things. One, the gatekeeping uh, on the Internet, people who uh, swear not to share any information about backcountry skiing with others. Skiing's already a privileged sport uh, due to the cost of gear, and, you know, it's a leisure activity, so if you're too busy working to feed your family and put a roof over your head, uh, you don't have time to go ski. Uh, so we don't need uh, more barriers to people um, who want to go skiing and have fun. But the second thing I don't dig is what I really want to talk about, and that is when people post on backcountry touring of the Northeast, and they already know where to ski, they have the gear, but they want to know the weather. They want to know the exact conditions. They want to know if this ski trail, which is posted all over the Internet and in guidebooks and in magazine articles, they want to know if before they drive four hours from Boston, if they're going to have fresh pow-pow. And that bothers me because it takes away the adventure. If you want to know if such and such slope is skiable in Northeast, go out and try it. If you want to know if the snow is good, you don't know till you go. So instead of asking the Facebook group, is this a good day to go skiing? I don't know. Go out, give it a shot. That's what adventure is all about. End rant. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, man, obviously I had to give that guy the gong. Such a quality rant. Hey, when's your next? This is Mitchell from Colorado Springs. I am currently on a first outing on my Marquette. Thanks for the inspiration, Alex. Uh, so far, it's heavy, but it's going well. Uh, this is Sunday. That weekend when in Colorado we were supposed to get a ton of snow and we really didn't. But I guess it's enough for the Marquette. Um, I'm really digging not going to any Vail resorts this year. I do have a pass, unfortunately, but I have not used it. And it's actually been a little nice. I'm wondering, though, if I need to get at least something for my money before the season ends. Um, instead of Vail, I've been going to Monarch a lot, been skinning uphill, and I've been in the backcountry. And i got to say, without those Vail Resort sanitized experiences, 
this season has been a lot better. Uh, I also dig your car talk episode. Love to submit a question or two if you do another one of those. Something I don't dig are, well, it's really you telling us not to talk about skiing. Um, I think that this podcast is an escape for me and for a lot of other people, especially in COVID times. So I just want to be on record as saying, people out there, if you want to talk about skiing, talk about skiing, because I want to hear it. Thanks for the podcast and all the good work you do. Good stuff, Mitchell. And since you're freshly out on the Marquettes, I'll give you a few tips. Um, they are heavy, and if there's fresh snow, you need very steep downhill terrain. If it is crusty or spring snow, then you need more mellow downhill terrain. Uh, you will always need fairly mellow uphill terrain, but basically the snow surface that you will be finding yourself upon that day will dictate the steepness of the surface that you want to seek out. Having no edges uh, means the resistance that the snow is providing uh, dictates what a good or bad slope is. Uh, after a few days out of basically pushing yourself down the wrong sloped hill, uh, you'll learn what's good and what's bad. And uh, appreciate the rest of the message as well. And maybe we'll get you out here up closer to Denver. Um, let me know when you're going to be up. I'm heading out as soon as I finish editing this podcast. Hey, Kay. Sean here from Chester County, Pennsylvania. Really loving Bear Creek Resort this year. Season pass for me and my five-year-old. Having a ball out three times last week. Really bummed Bear Creek's having a hard time finding staff. Had to close lifts early on a Saturday. What are your thoughts about other ski areas across the country having a hard time finding lifties and staff to run the mountains? Let us know. Keep up the good work and carry on at Bojo's. The smaller community mountains don't have that hard a time getting staff because they have the same people back every year. Uh, the bigger mountains have to solve the housing problem. It's not really about the rate of pay. People want to go to a ski town and work. They just can't afford to live there. Solve the housing and you'll solve the employment. And I think once a few do and do it well, the others may follow. And it's rant time. I don't know how you people deal with ski traffic. It's literally caused me to fully reinvent the sport of skiing so I can do it on an off schedule in closer to Denver locations. I refuse to burn hours of my life away from my kids or with them stuck in the car in order to battle crowds upon arrival or get risky in the backcountry. I'm horribly jaded on the traditional scene and I don't know if there's any coming back. We'll still buy Loveland passes, but at this stage of the season, we've used them four days. Feels weird. Maybe next year we'll ride the snake again. End of rant. Music by Adam Levy. Toss me those five-star Apple Podcast ratings if you want to show that you care. 
you'll just be one day older when you do. Email me, alex, at winterymixcast.com if you want to make a pitch or have an idea. Follow on Instagram at wintrymixcast or find the show on Facebook or Twitter. If you want some stickers, you can hit me up on the gram and I will send you some. Putting a pause on the voicemail format for a moment while I kick up something special for 92. I'll let you know when we're turning that back on, but in the meantime, feel free to pass along any voicemails and they will get used. Stick around for After the Beep. Goodbye. All right, now that my kid is napping, I can make my brain work in concert with my mouth. But they want to know if there's powder before they get in their car and make the drive. And that drives me nuts.